Three, two, one. Megan Pearson and Dylan Coney on the Living Life Authentically podcast. So, first of all, sorry that we're a little late on this one. We had a little bit of a crazy night last night with <laughs> six and a half hours in the hospital. Oh my um, gosh. Uh, precursor to the whole story. I got, yeah, I was going to say, before we're freaking yeah. everybody out, like, no, no, we're no. fine. I'm, I'm fine, but... So I got COVID back in July. Yes. And I was completely fine. Didn't get hospitalized. Not August, I think. I think it was August. It was July. It doesn't matter. Anyways. Anyways. So I recovered and I was completely fine. But then the last like probably couple months and then really the last week, I've been having like crazy chest pains, but not Mm -hmm. like no shortness of breath. No. no, Nothing like that. It's just heavy. Like you feel like someone's standing on your chest. Exactly. So I was fine. Megan I was, was not, not. fine. <laughs> um, because, okay, so the thing is, like, I knew you were struggling with this for a while. Like yeah. we said, when you had COVID, that was, like, one of the big symptoms. But then after, that was, like, lingering with you. Yeah. And then especially over the last couple of days, you said it's been really irritating you. And I'm like, you know what? He's going to die in his sleep. <laughs> I'm going to wake up, and I'm going to have to call 911. <laughs> I do not want that to happen. And so that obviously was in my head. And I'm like, Dill, we got to, like, we got to yeah. call HealthLink. Anyways. We got to so, call 811. So, yeah. No more more insight into my <laughs> health life but i'm just saying that's though, why we uh yeah, ended up at the hospital but we were at the hospital for like seven hours and i will say like we got there at 11 and we didn't oh come God. home till 6 a.m like shout out to oh everybody who is in like a first frontline worker um that we know or that is listening right now because i can't imagine doing what you guys do and like y'all need more sh- doctors though that's well, the one thing we learned yeah <laughs> it took us the, so long to find to see a doctor like the short staffed issue is insane so yeah hopefully our you know what's funny though like today like when it was the actual daytime because we slept till noon obviously because we were so exhausted yeah but the actual daytime part of us being awake, we both looked at each other. We're like, did last night happen? <laughs> like, did we actually go to the hospital? Because it was like almost like an out-of-body experience of us yeah. going there, sitting in the waiting room for well, hours, you just, were just sleeping. You were just super worried. And I was oh, like, I was. get me out of here because I, I hate was hospitals. So anxious. But anyways. That was our night. That's and why that's why we're late. Yeah. That's, that's why we're like a day late. But, <laughs> but that's okay because we're that's here now. That's totally fine. Exactly. <laughs> and I'm super excited about this conversation because um, we're talking with one of our friends that she is doing some amazing things in Alberta. Amazing things in Southern Alberta with regards to mental health, with regards to country music, with regards to women's health, with regards to women's entrepreneurship. Yeah, a lot. Literally all the things that like we are dealing with, with like you starting your own business and then like country music, Alberta being a huge part of my life and your life. Mm -hmm. And then... She's like one of your old radio buddies. Yeah. And yeah. So Steph, we like, this is going to be a long one. Just to like, let yeah. you guys know, we're trying to keep the intro short because our conversation was so good. But we're talking to Steph Baker today. Yeah. So I've known her for many years. She was like one of the first like mentors I had in radio when I first started like my first radio gig when I was 16. So yeah. I've known her for quite some time. So we will be chatting with her in a couple of minutes, but a couple other things that has happened this week that we want to yeah. share. Um, we did a made by Maggie photo 
shoot yeah, this that was week. Super fun. And I'm really excited about this because the holidays are coming up. This is my first holiday season having a business, yeah. having a clothing business. And I know that already, like Halloween was this past weekend, and yeah. now we're in Christmas mode. Like I went to do my grocery shopping today, and guess what was on the shelves? Christmas stuff, candy canes. Eggnog. Eggnog. Same yeah. thing. I guess yeah. you know you're you were almost there. It was yeah. A minus. You didn't from... buy me candy canes though. Why would I buy you would want I to be bought candy, candy canes. canes? I love candy canes. Seriously? Oh, I That's love That's like the candy thing canes. you just throw into the Christmas no, like I love candy goodie canes. bag and you're like, oh you know what, it looks festive. You know what the one of the best... this is gonna sound super weird. <laughs> just precursor to this. But one of my favorite things is you get a good candy cane. That is just like perfect because some of them, it, this is gonna sound really weird. If some of them, if you suck them, they like develop air bubbles if they're not like made perfectly and what? then they're sharp and stuff. But a good candy cane that doesn't have any air bubbles, you can get like a really, you like, you literally lick a spear into it, you know, and it's like super sharp. And there's just something satisfying about making a little like prison shiv out of a peppermint candy cane you know no? the point of this was i was saying you know christmas is coming and buy my clothing for gifts and somehow we got into shiv candy canes that's cool buying your clothing for gifts yes why oh, are you questioning oh, oh. but we got so sidetracked did you like you oh mean. you went Sorry. to the grocery store and didn't get me candy canes yes buy made by maggie stuff for christmas i got it now okay yes and do the that. point do is because we did the photo shoot to get new product out yes. before christmas yes. before black friday yes yes um also from last week majority of you said that i load the dishwasher wrong yes no not even majority like 98 percent. not 98 like a overwhelming majority like almost a dictatorship if it was like <laughs> a political vote i still believe okay you know what okay that I'm this would be like if trudeau had nine like 98 percent of the seats I'm going to say something. He would, he'd have all you the say, so I should have all the say. Okay, you can't interrupt. Okay. Because I feel like we can take parts of both of the no. ways. No. I just Nobody said don't ag- interrupt. Show me a message that agrees with you. Can you? Can I? You don't even know what I'm saying. Because your your opinion's irrelevant because I won. Can I explain? No. Dylan, <laughs> let me explain. Okay, fine. Okay, I will not load the dishwasher as full as I would like it if you don't put pots in the dishwasher. Because Dylan puts pots and pans in the dishwasher. If they can fit in the dishwasher, I'm no, gonna put it in but there. No, but Dylan, we literally pulled out a pan or a pot but that today. Was, that was a special one because I thought it soaked enough and I could throw it in there, it was But fine. if you're gonna soak it, you might as well just wash no. it at that point. Oh, oh, y- you might as well. Because yes. I always wash them. How about if we're gonna soak I it? How about you, you also? Oh, but I also cook too. Barely. How about I do? I think this is a good compromise. I don't think so. Okay. Is this going to be a new thing Yes. Another topic is, uh, do you have to, like, make compromises? No, I think you should just... (laughs) That wasn't the idea. I was saying, do you put pots in the dishwasher or not? Oh, sure. No one does. Put that one out there. I bet you lots of people do. Put it out there. Put it out there. Gladly. Because I I will put money down on it this time. You want to do 100 bucks? Seriously? Yes. Shake on it. 100 bucks. Okay. But like, what's what's the rules of this? Like 51%. If you get 51% of the vote, you win. Till when? I don't know. Like till the TikTok dies down or whatever. Yes. Yep. Shake on it. 100 bucks. I'm shaking on it. No fingers crossed. No toes crossed. Okay. My toes are crossed. Hundred bucks. Just yeah. Kidding. Right. You with you with your weird bunions. I don't even think. Okay, you can we're do moving that. on. 
Um, do you want to? We said short intro, and we're at like almost ten minutes. It's fine. It's fine. Okay, let's get into the conversation. Hey. Yeah. Let's just like go straight to it, and we're excited to have a Steph Baker on the podcast. Yay! Hi, Steph. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm so excited you asked me here. So fun. <laughs> now, before we like get started, let's just hear from you your story. Tell us about you. Who is Steph? What does Steph do? Just take us through like a little, I guess, Cole's notes of who you are. I was going to say, how much time do you have? <laughs> a few hours later. Okay. So let me think. Well, I am um, a born and raised Calgarian. I've always had a deep affinity for music and I love performing. All of those kinds of things has, has always been a big part of me. When I was 18, I met my former husband and uh, went to school for, what did I go to school for? It's so funny <laughs> how we go to school and not everybody is like, I went to you school for this, it. but yeah. it's not it. Anyway, yeah. I was a legal admin. We moved out to High River after we had our twin daughters. We've lived there. Yeah, now they're 18 and we've lived in High River since then. And in the course of that time too, I have worked, I have worked in many different roles, corporate roles. And then of course, where I met Megan, in radio, which was huge fun. Uh, then I did some music management. I've done um, corporate gigs in marketing, communication, events. After all of this COVID stuff, I've kind of pivoted and had to take a bunch of the things that I've done and kind of evaluate my skills and my passions, figure out how to make some money with those skills. And so I'm kind of, I guess what you would call maybe an accidental entrepreneur. <laughs> I like how you even said at the beginning where it's like you go to school for something and it is true. Like a lot of people do go into school yeah. and you don't even use what you went for like two, three, four years for, but also too, like COVID has made people pivot a lot. And I, and I totally relate to that too, where you're like, okay, I, I got to make money. I got to like pay bills somehow. So what can I do with the skills that I have to mm -hmm. like transition into something that I also enjoy, but yes, that also yeah. can bring in an income. Yeah, exactly. And then if, through that all, I know that we're going to talk about mental health a little bit, but I have always been, um, I don't know if a, a, maybe a worrier to some degree, hmm. a bit of a perfectionist, which a lot of people use as bragging rights, but I don't look at perfectionism that way. Now learning in my adult years, uh, dealing with some mood disorder stuff, depression, anxiety, and uh, that kind of, that journey kind of kicked off when my kids are about two. And I had a friend say to me, like, Steph, you're not okay. Like you, you might have postpartum depression, like you should go to the doctor. And so that's kind of where that all started for me. It's kind of always been this common thread as well through my life. And so one of the clients that I work with now that I'm super passionate about is a doctor who's created a virtual mental health clinic here in Alberta. And it also, um, if you have Alberta health, because they're doctor psychotherapists, it's covered by Alberta healthcare, oh, which wow. right. And for me too, it's, it is huge because then I got divorced in 2016. And so, and as a single parent, and you don't necessarily always have the resources to pay for therapy. So that's just one of the way of all of my passions and skills and all of the things have kind of combined to continue to kind of give me work that is meaningful and purposeful as well. Well, so Dale, that's the place that like I've been doing my stuff. Oh, from. is that the same yeah, place? So I'm oh, say, like, got, it, got it. Coordinate that. So Sorry. Steph, tell I'm us, also... tell us the name. So then not oh. only. 
probably like so, other okay, people so, can tell us. So yeah. So one of the things that I do in my business now is I support creatives and entrepreneurs and other small businesses. Uh, one of my clients is Dr. Carly Crew. She's a speaker and an author and is the founder of Unoya Medical. And Unoya means a well mind. So yeah, that's kind of where that came from. So it's been really, really crazy to be part of that process. We have grown from, you know, Carly being one doctor in January to we now have 10 doctors. We'll have 12 by the end of next month. And it's just, it's grown so much. And and the amount of people that we've been able to serve um, in that space has been phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know I've seen changes in Megan through it. So Mm -hmm. that's like, that's amazing to Mm -hmm. see. And that's, that's super cool. I didn't, I didn't realize the whole connection. And then I also, I also realized it was covered by Alberta health. Yeah. Cause that was the biggest thing for me. Like I'm a cheapskate in a lot of ways. And so when you hear that like therapy or like whatever can cost a hundred plus dollars at least, you're like 175 to 250 now. I'm like, I don't want it. I already don't want to talk about it. (laughs) I don't want to pay for it. So it's really cool. And just awesome that it's covered. Well, and, and, and it's a little different, like, and I'm a huge proponent of therapy too, but one of the other cool things is, is it really takes a look at that mind, body and spirit connection too, where it's, there's a lot of value to talk therapy and cognitive behavioral therapy, those types of things. But when you can actually be looking at, okay, am I moving my body? Like literally, and that doesn't have to mean I go to the gym for an hour, how you're eating, your habits, all of these things that you can use to support you with your, your mental health. It's they're really solid tools. And I think with, it also helps because they're doctors that they, if you need medication, even if it's a short time or for what, or however long they can manage that part as well. And that consistency of care where you have the person who's managing your mood and your medicine in the same place, I think is helpful too, because a psychologist, they don't work within those parameters. Right. right? And then a psychiatrist to see a psychiatrist in our province, like I don't know the stats, but it's months. Yeah. And then I even know when I've had, for example, when I've had benefits, even in benefits that you get, Oh, you get $500 for therapy. Well, that's two or three sessions. Yeah, that's not therapy. <laughs> that's like, you're going to complain or you're going to unload everything on somebody for three sessions. And then that's it. You don't actually, yes. you have to develop a relationship. Otherwise therapy doesn't work. Right. Yeah. So that's one of the things I'm super passionate about. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're, I think all three of us are passionate about mental health. So we can move on to another topic well, and no, come back to it. Well, maybe no, it, it is cool though. Like when you started like your own business with this and you said like, yeah, one of your clients are something that you would also like personally use so like when it comes to like your own business and like being authentic like with your businesses or you know different projects that you might take on for example you are the new executive director at the Alberta Country Music Association which obviously you're super passionate about but tell us just about like how you're picking those projects um with your own business or just like outside of it how do you how do you do this all (laughs) so I think I think it's always and I'm a huge nerd when it comes to brand branding and your brand identity and understanding um, really who you are, what you value, what kind of work you want to do, the kind of people you want to do that work with. And I mean, there's a little bit 
of trial and error, right? Where you you work with clients or even if I'm working in the music space, which artists kind of that, that you have that relationship with and that you can feel like that you're aligned with, right? And then, and that the work that they do, um, you can get behind, right? So whether it's their product or their business. So that's one of the things that I like to be kind of mindful of. And it's interesting how some of these sorts of themes come, come out. So I've had several clients I've worked with, you know, coaches that work with intuitive eating to help people with eating kind of disorders or disordered eating stuff. Um, I've worked with yeah, other clients that are in the healthcare space or the mental health space, other entrepreneurs and small businesses. And I really tend to end up leaning towards other women, which I find really, really interesting. Like the, my other main client right now is a couple of entrepreneurs. They are working to support women and women entrepreneurs and understand finance. So understand and make it not quite so taboo, help people like, like, so for me, for example, I have worked in corporate spaces. So I understand, you know, what a profit and loss statement is or a gain loss, you know, how to do some of that accounting, those counting pieces and profit. And I have a lot more I can learn. But that's not my area of expertise. But I'm also very like, and I think a lot of women can relate where you're like, well, if I needed to get funding for something, or if I had a plan or an idea or a project, I have no idea what I would do. I think a lot of women, maybe not so much in your generation, but like what I grew up with, with my parents' generation. I mean, it wasn't that long ago that a woman couldn't even get a credit card on her own or, a, crazy, you know, <laughs> so, so there's so much kind of learned behaviors that we have and these fears of the finance world that sometimes it can be a barrier for female entrepreneurs yeah. to go out and get some of that financing and that capital. So I'm super passionate about being able to work with this client too. They're called the Finance Cafe. Work to kind of break down some of those kinds of things as well. So for me, along my journey, it's just kind of because if you show up authentically, like in your own space for yourself and what you like to do, it's interesting how those types of people and projects kind of are attracted to you, right? So when it comes to the um, executive director role with Country Music Alberta, like when that opportunity came up, yeah. like there was no hesitation because mm-hmm. for me, with my radio background, working in music management, it just is a no-brainer. It's like a perfect fit for me. And um, ideally, I can be able to kind of grow this role as the organization grows as well. But I mean, it's still, and you could kind of look at it and go, well, those seem really kind of disjoint. But for me, it's all about working to do all of the kind of those foundational pieces that help grow an organization, manage their brand and the project management piece where you're working on, whether it's an award show um, with Country Music Alberta, maybe, or a seminar or any of these types of things, or it's helping Carly promote her book build her business, the the pieces that kind of are all required on that back end stuff are all relatively similar. So mm-hmm. I would say, yeah, those are those are basically right now my my three biggest kind of pieces of things that I do. On the outside it probably looks a little bit wonky, but on the inside, managing all of the pieces and making sure everything is getting done and the look and the feel is all there and the marketing side, the strategy side, all of those pieces, it's yeah, it is cohesive. It works for you. Well, 
Well, from the outside looking in, what it looks like to me is that you're maximizing your potential or like you're beginning to maximize your potential. If you you have all these skill sets, where can I use them? This opportunity comes to me. I see that it lines up. I'm going to go for it. Yeah. That's super cool. No, but I find that too, where it's like, I was, we were talking to our friends and it's like, oh, they were telling me, Megan, you got to pick one thing. Yeah. You got to pick one thing. And I'm like, I can't. But an average millionaire has seven different revenue streams. Yeah. Yep. So it's as many, however many revenue streams you can manage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Rock on. I think I think the struggle with that or like the counteract to that is that you have to remain focused within each of your streams, right? Because if mm-hmm. one starts to lag or if you're focusing on too many things at once, therefore maybe the ones that you're maybe less passionate about start to fall off, but you still need them. That's when issues can arise. That's the only thing that I would say with what our Ooh, friends yeah. are trying to say. To no, us, I'm, maybe, I'm right? the same. Yeah. It can be challenging, yeah. right? And that's where yeah. for me, it's like, okay, so if I'm going to spend a day doing some content creation and copy, I can kind of batch work in that space. If I yeah. have to spend a day doing admin stuff for a chunk of time, a couple hours doing, then I do those kind of things together. And so I think the key is, and this is other things that we even teach within, you know, Carly Crew and, and you know, in medical is that overwhelm piece. Yeah. And so a lot of these things that we can put into place that not only help us manage our overwhelm, they're just really practical things that we can implement in our life in order to just be able to be present and do the things that we yeah. need to do and and also um, avoid kind of that burnout as well. Yeah. Right. So setting those boundaries, I think, is becoming a huge thing. And it's, it's hard when you own your own business even further because Megan's got all these things, balls in the air, right? And those lines blur like crazy, right? Yeah. So it can be... It can be pretty hard to like set a clear cut line. So how, how have you maybe done that in your own life or what strategies have you used to kind of like draw the line between work and personal life? Yeah, that's a super important thing. And I think what I'm hearing too, and what I believe is that, you know, one of the biggest, I think negative impacts of COVID has been the isolation and the disconnect. And so what you're speaking to is, um, you know, not just the culture where you have a tight knit team, it's that connection piece and that collaboration piece. And so I think making sure that in whichever way you can do that still, whether that's in your business or just in your personal life, that connection with other people, it's just so vital. Mm-hmm. So that is one of the things that I try to do work-wise is um, to be involved with some other sorts of networks for other female entrepreneurs, even make sure that maybe sometimes I'll meet another friend and we'll sit at a library and we'll work just so that we're out of our homes and we yeah. have some interaction. And sometimes it's just even having other people that you can just, you know, even if it's a Zoom call, but where you're spitballing, you know, some, some ideas or what would you do about this? this or, and look for kind of that, those kinds of connections too, so that you can maybe talk about some issues or challenges that you're facing in your own business. And maybe they've implemented some strategies that you could or vice versa, or maybe there's even like, oh, well, have you used this tool before? Have you used this tech to make this easier? So I think if we can kind of reach out and connect to other people that are not necessarily always in our same industry, but are maybe working towards their own entrepreneurial journey or business, 
um, I think that's really important. And then you de- you kind of develop and build that bit of um, of connection. But you have to be, because of the way we are working, we have to be super intentional with it. And I think that's super important because otherwise, yeah, I could go for a whole week and not leave my house. I can have my <laughs> HelloFresh delivered and Amazon can bring my dog treats and, you know, I'm, I'm okay. Yeah. So you have to really be intentional with that. And again, that goes back to the mental health piece too. Like, oh, put it in your calendar that you're getting outside that you've made connection time that week, right? Like I put it in my, who am I going to connect with and network this is this week, mm-hmm. right? And and make time for that, making mm-hmm. time for making sure that you're doing things that aren't work. Now you said earlier, um, like it was about like when your girls were two, um, that's when you kind of started noticing like maybe some patterns um, within your mental health. And you're like, okay, I should, well, well, other people in your life are like, hey, Steph, maybe you should, you know, talk to someone about it, you know, like really take it seriously. Um, and I think a lot of people who do have like mental health struggles, we all have mental health, but struggle with it, maybe aren't as open with it. They keep it to themselves or they just talk to, you know, a therapist. They don't come out openly and say, hey, I have anxiety, right? There's not a lot of people who maybe do that. So what made you decide to maybe be a little bit more open with it within your circles and even on social media as well? Because I, I know you've either shared stuff from other accounts to help with tips and tricks or or um, you've been open on like Instagram stories, um, sharing, hey, like today I'm having, you know, a really crappy day. What kind of made you decide, hey, I want to share this with my followers and with my friends and family? Um, lots of reasons, I think. I think as I've gone, I've gone through this whole journey and I've tried to learn and understand it, I felt like whenever I was open about it, I ended up having conversations with people who then felt, because I think I was able to be vulnerable, that they would then be able to be vulnerable. I just thought, okay, if I've had to go through and learn to live with this, if I can help someone else too and not feel so alone or not feel like they are so hopeless that they don't want to be alive anymore, then it's add some purpose to your own pain. And yeah, I've always been pretty vocal about it. I know even with, you know, being in radio, we talked about that quite a bit too. And when I had the opportunity, whether it was a guest, you know, someone like Rob Nash or anybody else that was willing to kind of talk or share about it when there was some challenges um, within our, my own community in High River after the flood and Mm. people were dying by suicide. And, you know, we, we were able to do some outreach kind of things um, and do some interviews views and articles about that kind of stuff. So I think that's been, it just gives you, it gives some purpose to it sometimes. And I mean, the idea that if you can ever serve and help someone else and, and kind of pull them along, I mean, that's what we're called to do as people, that's humans, that's love. So that's why that's super important to me. Um, and I think that there's so many misconceptions. And when I think a lot about what I've learned, especially um, working with Carly and, you know, she's done an amazing book that's called You Are Not Your Anxiety, How to Stop Being an Anxious People-Pleasing Mess. I love that title. <laughs> yeah. And so of course, and, you know, I started with her working on her podcast, right? So, so much of the stuff that I learned and working with Carly as my anxiety coach, even one of the things that has been so impactful has been this understanding of how our physiology works and how our brain works. You know, I spent years going, well, what's wrong with me? What's my problem? Why can't I fix this? And a lot of my, you know, always trying to understand mental health issues. 
issues and depression and anxiety and all those things is it was because I want to, how can I fix this? How can I fix this? I got to fix it. But the key thing to understand, I believe is that, you know, our brains are wired that we have these amygdalas, right? And they sit like, if you took a pencil in your ear and your eye and like, whoop, that's a horrible <laughs> image. <laughs> this is what happens when you work with a doctor. Yeah. So we have these little amygdala in the back of our brain. So I always, and I call it my monkey brain or my lizard brain when I'm, that's just kind of how I reference yeah. it. Because that is like the first place all of our information goes. And it is not evolved at all like the rest of us. Mm-hmm. It is still that just the the part of our brain that is going to send out all of those hormones and things that are going to make us feel like our chest hurts or we can't breathe and we're sweaty and we think all of these kind of we're are, we're going to be sick to our stomachs or heads hurt um can't relax we're fidgety all of these things it's because we're going to that fight or flight instantly right because it's to save us it's to protect us and carly has a great thing that she says yeah, our brains are jerks they're meant to keep us safe not happy mm. so so what happens is is when this gets hijacked we're not able to go into like our prefrontal cortex here, our cognitive part where we can actually process that information and see, you know, oh, that's not a deer on the side of the road that I have to freak out about. It's a mailbox. But this, this amygdala in the back of our head is so fast that we don't get to sit, we don't get to have it get processed through that part of our brain first. So a lot of these feelings that we have, that's just our body protecting us. And for some of us who have gone through, you know, we've have trauma and a lot of people have trauma. Trauma doesn't necessarily mean you had, you know, an IED in Fallujah or something. It trauma could mean so many different things. And so many of us have it on so many varying degrees. But what it does is it creates this our amygdalas to be super hypervigilant. Mm-hmm. So it takes so much work and more mindfulness and intentionality to calm our nervous system down. So then we can engage mm-hmm. that part of our brain that can tell us that no, I'm safe. I'm loved. I'm supported. I'm okay. Hello, anxiety. I see you. (laughs) I feel you, but I'm okay. Yeah. That was a really good, like, I know, I know we're a podcast, but like to like, even still visualize it. If you're like, when you're listening, like you can, you can picture that. Yeah. I was just going to say like, that's interesting. The way you describe that of like, the the lack of control maybe with the omega and like having those that flight or flight like it's either one way or the other right mm-hmm. yeah, the amygdala doesn't we don't have any choice in that yeah mm-hmm. yeah so i and it's it's interesting because we we do have control after that but mm-hmm. oftentimes depending on the person and like you said with regards to trauma or things that you're dealing with or stress that you currently have that that can be really hard to r- like wrangle and wrestle right and mm-hmm. that that's something that megan and i talk about a lot because it used to be crazy crazy like my emotions used to be like this all the time mm-hmm. and i've and i've managed to wrangle that in but now i'm like i'm struggling to see her dealing with that and then i'm like you just have to capture every thought capture every thought and that's like my my go-to is that when you're feeling anxious or you're feeling down or something's going on inside your head capture those thoughts and evaluate them but that's easier said than done right? <laughs> yeah, well, well, that's the second that. step. first step yeah is to get regulated within your body right and that's yeah. where breath work comes in i need to go for 
for a walk, or if you're an ex, if you do a lot of exercise, like you physically have to get it out of you and, and you need to reset your nervous system. I know Megan, you were sharing something about a float, doing yeah. those floats. stuff like that, where you're resetting your nervous system. So if somebody is in a place where they're like, and she's like, I can't think Dylan, I can't, I, I don't know what to do. I'm freaking yeah. out. I don't, whatever. I'm really, or she's just agitated or just whatever. The first thing we have to do is go, okay, wait a minute. I need to step away. I need to take this five minutes, whether I'm putting earbuds in and putting on a meditation. If I'm going to go do 15 minute yoga with Adrian, that's free on YouTube. <laughs> if it's having a bath, yeah. if it, whatever grounding things that you can do. And, and sometimes, sometimes I've had times when I've been, you know, things have been really heightened and it's take, I have to do that a lot. Mm-hmm. Right. But that's where also building those pieces within your day every day. And we can say, oh, I can skip my morning routine or I can skip my this or, you know, it's those foundational pieces of making sure that you're hydrated, making sure that you're eating for your nutrition, making sure that you're moving your body um, and making sure you're doing connecting. All of those pieces are so fundamental to be able to regulate our nervous systems first. And I think that's another reason why I love music because Mm -hmm. we have this whole thing with our vagal nerve that's connected with our gut and our brain and it, and, and music using your voice and those kinds of things are also really helpful for that kind of somatic sorts of things where you can get your body to calm the F down. Yeah. And so, and that's the same with parenting with kids. If you've got a kid having a tantrum, temper tantrum, there's no point in having a conversation yet. The first thing they need to do is to like get their head back on. Same with people. Yeah. <laughs> kids, kids and we're people. all just big kids yeah. trying to figure and, this and stuff the, out. And the other thing with COVID, no matter where you stand, anti-vax, vax, whatever, you don't think it's a thing, you're not scared of it, you are scared of it. Everything in our world for this last however many months has been so uncertain. And that uncertainty and that feeling of powerlessness in certain areas. And the fact that everybody is, we've, we're all have this heightened amygdala stuff going on and nobody has any bandwidth to deal with any of this normal day-to-day stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know, something small may, makes it bigger and, yeah. and we're dealing with that everywhere. It's really cool just for you to be like so open with everything that we've talked about already today. Also throughout this conversation, you've lifted so many other people up that you are mm-hmm. working with, like whether it's clients or like, you know, just name dropping, like, Hey, um, if you want, if you're a female entrepreneur, listen to this podcast. If you, mm-hmm. if you're struggling, go to this website and talk to these people. Like that's what you've also done this entire conversation, which is so cool. You've lifted people up, which is very admirable um, for mm-hmm. us as well, but your friends your family. So from lifting people up around you, was that, was that something that, you know, that, that is you, that's who you are, or was that an experience of you, you were looking around, you're like, Hey, like, why are we doing this more? Like, why, why are we putting each other down? Like, instead of hiding your successes and hiding the tips and tricks that have made who you are, you're going to share that instead. I think it's just, I I think it's just part of, part of who I am, but it's also something that I value. I feel like collaboration over competition. Mm -hmm. I feel like there's room for everybody. And I feel like the more that we can connect and support each other, you know, like a rising tide lifts all boats. And, and again, if my story ever can help someone else, then yeah, it gives some purpose to that your pain. Right. 
And yeah. then it just, it feels like it serves in some way. So that's where, yeah, I guess that's just, and I get excited about people doing cool stuff. Like yeah. I, <laughs> I think it's amazing. So what I would say to that too. And I remember when I first met, like met you in person, like when Megan and I started dating, she's like, you ought to follow this girl, Steph. She's awesome. <laughs> and then uh, meeting you in person and just seeing your spirit and then seeing the similarities in also the way you think and the way you act with the way that Megan thinks and acts. I just want to like actually thank you for like being a mentor to her because it's super cool for me to see. I'm like, yes, like when, when she said Steph's going to be on the podcast, I'm like, awesome. Cause like this conversation is super, super beneficial for everybody listening yeah. and also for us. So I just want to say like, congrats on everything that you're doing and thank that we, we see it and we value it. And it's super cool to see. Yeah. So. Uh, I appreciate it. And I'm, I'm just a huge supporter of Megan. I always have been. And so, mm-hmm. and yourself as well. And then of course we have our music family family connections like exactly it is a small it is a small world in the alberta country music industry and a lot of people but it's a small it's a lot of people but what i've seen is that like you meet somebody at some event and then it just snowballs and you end up like being friends and now like i went to a singer songwriter night four years ago and now people that i met through connections through connections through connections Mm -hmm. are some of my best friends now Mm -hmm. right so Mm -hmm. that's like music is not me too. Yeah. Most most of my people I yeah. met through music. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'll leave out too. Um, after this episode, everyone has to listen to Florida Georgia Lines "Music Is Healing" song. Oh, it didn't get yeah. to radio. It wasn't like a big song, but oh my I gosh, it is one. so good. "Music Is Healing." I, I feel that like one. that is the perfect extra it. to this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh, nice. Steph, thank you again for just being on our podcast and being an authentic personality and person that we can look up to and a lot of other people as well. Um, we are excited to see what comes next for you. We're excited, especially with Alberta Country Music Association, that the awards are going to be happening in person. Fingers crossed that's still going to happen oh, this year. In March. Yeah. Um, so we're just very excited about that and everything that you've said has resonated with us and hopefully our listeners as well. So thank you again. Yep. Thank you. Thank you for having me.